Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Like she said, maybe buy a gift, 
you know, for the the other one, and you know, you have your own you know money that you can maneuver with. So, I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. What else did we talk about? We talked about being in debt. Now, ooh, you got to go back and listen to the testimony that she had about being in debt and uh, with God's people, their help, with the help of God's people, man, why is it church folk do you the way they do you? Yeah, and you know, they'll leave you in a pickle and it don't seem to matter. No, 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 it don't seem to matter. As long as they're getting and they have what they need. Yeah. So, ooh, she, you got to go back and listen to that testimony because, boy, does she have a testimony. Ooh, she got some stories. Well, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure after 37 years of marriage, you got some stuff in your arsenal. Yeah. You can make a really good witness. Oh, we talked about power play, power playing, and you know you can lord it over my head because I make more money than you, or I have and you don't, or you know how to spend and save, but I don't, or I know how to spend and save. And you don't, and you always come into me, and yeah, yeah. That I mean, it was just a fantastic conversation. And, you know, our minister, Michelle Wade, was very relatable. And just, you know, we have the best. I always tell you, I always tell you, God sends us the very best, and, you know, Everything that, you know, we get here on this due time is very practical. You can always identify. And the best part I love is the fact that, you know, everybody comes on pretty transparent. You really don't hear people trying to hide stuff because that, that, to be honest, is not really ministry. No. How can you help someone get delivered from an issue? When, you know, you're hiding, you know, behind the cloak of, you know, I, I don't want to be embarrassed and, you know, I really don't want to tell this. And so my advice to you, go back and listen. Yeah. Because uh, it was a good story. It was one good story. It was one good testimony. It was one good ministry yesterday morning. All right? All right. Well, we could not finish off without getting the switch tip with Shantice. Don't mix the world with your ministry. Now, that one was good. That one was really good. I mean, she's been coming up with some real good tips. And don't mix the world with your ministry. You know, I, I'm going to put a little spin on this thing. Don't don't mix the world with God's ministry. 
because, you know, what belongs to God is God's. And, you know, when he gives it to you, that's exactly what happens. He gives it to you. And it, it's, it is your ministry. But it's your ministry under God. And when we bring the world's ways into the ministry that God has given us, you know, you really are not going to find that you're going to be very successful. You're not going to find that you're going to be powerful. You know, wow, something just came to mind. Well, yesterday, I really like the example that Shantice gave. She talked about her personal experience with the way she used to work in the world and her work ethics and habits and things like that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, she was a monster. She was a beast, but not in that manner, as the street says it. And, you know, when she started working for God solely, she realized that she could not do both. Yeah, she she couldn't do both. It, it wasn't going to work. And... You know, that, that that's a good example to give, you know, because, you know, like I said yesterday, I used to hear the things that she used to say and do, and I used to tell you, listen, me and you could never, no. And then when she actually kind of started working for me, boy, oh boy, you know, she had to change, you know, the way she was doing things for God. Because those things just were not going to work that she used to do in the world. And, you know, as we were talking just now, me and, you know, you and I, I started, something came to mind. Your ministry, the ministry that God gave you, you can't bring, boy, just hit me, and I got to have a conversation in a little while. Yeah, because something just hit me, and, and, and I don't think, you know, we look at this thing as our work ethics into God's ministry. I'm, I'm going to pad this. I'm, I'm going to pad this thing this morning. You can't toss out God's ministry for the world. I'm going to put a little spin on it. You, you cannot toss out God's ministry and give everything to the world. Ah, boy, God has got a way. He's got a way of smashing you. And when we think we right, we are sometimes wrong. So, you know what? Artista switched it from yesterday just made me realize I got to have a conversation with somebody in a little while. Because we're we going to have to fix this thing. We're going to have to fix this thing. So, look at how God just works things out for us. Look at, look at God. Look at God. Look at God. So, that's how we spent our Monday morning. Yeah. Well, today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Oh, yes. Well, I have to confess, I I I I have a boo boo. I made a boo boo yesterday. I was supposed to announce that today 
we would be starting our My Two Cents segment again. I completely, completely forgot. I got so caught up in our, our guest and having that conversation. And yeah, I completely forgot. So I apologize. So today we will be, you know, doing My Two Cents. And, you know, I'll tell you the movie. And then you can go back and watch it. But, you know, hopefully I'll be able to tomorrow, uh, thir- uh, Wednesday. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is Wednesday. Or Thursday, be able to give you the, the movie for next week. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited as to what God is going to do in all of our lives. And, you know, when we, we get ourselves together, you know, I had a long talk with somebody yesterday and I listened to their woes and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm saying, you know what? Mm-mm. You know, the life in God, our life in God should be our first priority. You know, yesterday, Minister Michelle talked about that, you know, our priority list. You know, our relationship with God is first, our relationship with our spouse is second, and our relationship with our children is third. And no matter what priority list you're making, that should always be number one, my relationship with the Lord. Nothing takes Precedence to my relationship with the Lord. So, uh, mm, mm, mm. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. So, let's get this party started. Let's go get that healthy breakfast. And uh, let's tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on and Whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. If you think dangerous blood clots can't happen to you, think again. Up to 900,000 men, women, and children are affected by blood clots each year, and about 100,000 die from them. Blood clots don't discriminate. You or a loved one could be at risk right now. The good news is blood clots can be prevented. Knowing the risks and symptoms are key. Major risks for blood clots include a family or personal history of blood clots, a recent hospitalization or surgery, pregnancy and cancer and its treatments. Symptoms of a blood clot in the legs or arms can include pain, swelling and skin that is warm to the touch, red or discolored. Symptoms of blood clots in the lungs include difficulty breathing, chest pain that worsens with a deep breath or a cough, coughing up blood and a faster than normal or irregular heartbeat. Speak with a doctor about your risk for blood clots and seek medical attention if you have any symptoms. On average, one person in the United States dies of a blood clot every six minutes. Don't let that be you or someone you know. Stop the clot. Spread the word. Learn more at stoptheclot.org slash spread the word.
Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. Mm, thank God for my listeners. Oh, you know, giving God thanks that he has uh, brought us uh, into today. And, you know, we got some stuff that we're going to talk about. And we're starting with our little quick story about out in Illinois. We have this 17-year-old who's in custody now after he allegedly shot four people. And one of those people, uh, 17-year-old Samaya Shelton Tillman, who he was dating at the time. Now, several people were killed, and there's a 40-year-old, there's an unidentified uh, woman and a girl, and the girl he was dating. And, you know, is this new news? No. No. But it's bad news. Again, you know, we have our young people just giving up their life. You know, what... What went on that now, you know, you have to murder several people? So now what's your life going to be like? Because you're not only going down for killing the girlfriend, you're going down for killing two other people. Now, there was a 3-year-old and a 14-year-old who were also inside the house, but thank God they were not hurt. But there's no... um, Rhyme or reason at this moment. They have no idea what happened. And they really got to wait for him to talk because everybody else is dead. And, you know, I'm just, it just, it's still hurtful to just watch our young people just give their lives away. You know, it, it means nothing to them, you know, to just pick up a gun and murder somebody. You know, so here you have your 17-year-old daughter, you know, dating, and that goes wrong. And now she ends up dead. And most times when you have a 17-year-old, you know, you you try to discourage them from dating. You know, when you, once you hear them talk about they want to date, you know, they're like, okay, listen, just... Stick to your schoolwork, focus on school. You know the spiel. You know what you didn't say to your your daughter, your niece and nephew, um, your niece, even the nephews, even your nephews, you talk about them, you know, dating and tell them, there's just no time, you know. You got time for all of that. And, and when you hear stories like this, you, yeah, you got time. You got time. And unfortunately, life gets cut short because nobody's listening. You know, everybody's good. This, this, this rush to dating and stuff like this. Mm. Man, I always say, if I know, I knew then what I know now. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, prayers for the family. Prayers for the family. All right. Well, I'm sure if you listen to the news. You didn't heard this story about this Texas mama 
who they're looking for because they say she's abandoned her children for nearly two months. And, or, yeah, at that point, two, two months late last year. And she's, you know, the little girl's 13, 12 years old and was in the house with her brother, who was three at the time. And, you know, it made me think of Dr. Billy's story, you know, our guest from Sunday, who said that, you know, while his mother and father were using drugs, that he was the caregiver. You know, he had to watch his younger brothers and sisters. And, you know, this is this is the responsibility you leave your 12-year-old. And, you know, they said they didn't have any food or supplies. And what gave it away is because uh, she has a father. Her father, the 12-year-old's father, uh, was in California. And they were living with the mom, her mom, because I don't think they have the same uh, father. And she kept asking him to send them food. So they must have been like Ubering or, you know, or DoorDash or something like that. And he decided to do a little research and found out that the mother hadn't been there. Now, here's the thing. He pays the rent on the apartment. So I don't know if this is a child support order or anything like this, but he pays the, the, the rent on the apartment, and he flew up and took the kids to the grandmother, to the woman's mother, and there's a, a third child, and she's 14, so I don't know how she ended up at the grandmother's. This is just a weird, convoluted story, because they say that the 14-year-old, while the mother was there, ran away, and she subsequently ended up at the grandmother, the same grandmother's house. But I guess that was before the mother left the other two in the house. So as I'm reading the article, I'm saying to myself, well, maybe the mother's dead. You know, maybe she overdosed on some drugs or, you know, maybe she's, you know, in some level of distress and she, you know, she left and her intent was to go back. Well, no. They say they think she's still in the area of where she lives be or lived because she's posting regularly on her social media account. So how you done left your kids in the house for two months and you're posting on social media saying what? What is the what is there possibly to talk about? What are you posting? What do you say? And you're a dope because at what point did you do you realize that these kids would eventually let out that they were in the house by themselves? The girl is twelve. I mean, eventually she would talk, and although she didn't come right out and say anything, whatever she you know this constant ordering, you know 
gave it away, but you're posting. You know what? When they rack up them charges, that would be a charge. I find a way. I told y'all before, you know, you find all these charges that they're bringing up. Man, whatever, you do one thing and they got nine charges. Well, I tell you one thing. I would find some charges for this chick that included you were posted on social media while your children were home for two months by themselves. That's a charge. Yeah, they, they, they could word this thing. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, they could word this thing because, come on, I'm really feeling sorry for the woman. I was. <laughs> Crazy things go on. You know, you leave the house, you say, I'll be back. You know, something happens. Maybe she was on drugs and blah, blah, blah. No. Now, I'm not saying she's not on drugs, but you somehow got your head together if you're posting on social media, and I don't care if you're posting junk. You post it. So, you post it while your kid's not eating, and that's okay with you? Well, that's all right, because that would be okay with me to charge you with leaving your kids in the house by themselves, you didn't feed them, you didn't take care of them, and then you were posting on social media. Yeah, that, that that's what Pastor Steph says. That's what Pastor Steph says. Well, I have this other quick, well, I need to make it quick. So there's an Airbnb property out in Florida. And I would love for y'all to weigh in on this one. So a family from France goes to Florida and they rent this Airbnb. While they're there, their 19-month-old daughter dies from some type of fentanyl overdose. And they're claiming that the fentanyl came from the Airbnb. That somehow the people who rented it before them had a party where they were using drugs. And somehow or another, when the cleanup crew went to prepare this Airbnb property for the next people to come up in there, they didn't clean the place properly, and somehow the baby ended up ingesting this fentanyl. Now, remember, we've heard of, what do you call it, the the contact. Remember they said that some people have even touched fentanyl and they have become paralyzed, and there was a cop who uh, became paralyzed. There were people who touched the door handle on the car. Remember that? So they're saying that somehow or another, this little Enora died. Mom, they put, they had, they had a family of five. It was a family of five. They go, they rent this place. They put the children in, in a room and they go out. The parents go to another room. They lay the baby down for a nap. And somehow or another, the mother goes in the room, finds the baby unresponsive and foaming at the mouth. And she starts screaming. She tells her husband the baby's dead. They take the baby to the hospital. And when they do the toxicity report, they, they, they put on there that the baby died 
with a lethal level of fentanyl in her blood. So I don't know how this is going to turn out. They are suing this Airbnb owner, and they're saying that it's not their fault. They did the research, and they did find out that the person who rented prior to them did have people there. He Now, see, here's how he gets smashed. So listen, when you rent these Airbnbs, don't do stuff you ain't supposed to be doing because he – he rented the spot to have a certain amount of people there. And now, because this is coming up, he had to tell that he had up to like 12 people there. They were using cocaine and other drugs, and they, it was more than what he told. I think he told people like it was going to be five of them, and it ended up being 12 and a party. And... So he had to tell that, and now they are thinking about even charging him for the use of the drugs. This is one big mess, and I I would really like to see how this gets sorted out because this here is is really going to be a mess. He only rented the spot for three days, and he said it was supposed to be six adults staying there. And it ended up being like 11 people staying, and then it was about 12 of them there who ended up partying and using uh, coke and fentanyl and marijuana. And he had to tell that all of this was being used while they were there. And because he said that, if this baby is found to have died, now everybody gets the lawsuit because if this place was properly cleaned, how does the baby get uh, uh, some level of lethal dosage of fentanyl in her system. This this is crazy, and and I really would like to keep up with this story. So again, you know, we're praying for this family because th- this had to be some experience. You leave from France to come here to the states to have a good time in Florida, and your child ends up dead from fentanyl. And they're almost positive that the parents didn't have the fentanyl. So it's not like foul play on the parental side. So, what a mess, what a mess. Well, it's 7.30, and uh, it's about that time, about that time. It is when you hear that theme song. It's time. 
time for my two cents. Yeah. Our little review uh, segment, our movie review segment. And today, this morning, we're going to review the movie A Heart That Forgives. Now, this movie is starring Charles Malik Whitfield. Now, you know who Charles Malik Whitfield. He plays Otis Williams in the Temptations movie. Oh, he did a very good job, too. A very good job as Otis. And he plays the lead Silk. And you have Mario Mims. Now, I've seen him before maybe one other time he plays uh, another a lead character Malcolm Pastor Malcolm and another face you would recognize is Carl Anthony Payne the second everybody knows Carl Anthony Payne the second he is Cole from Martin the Martin sitcom so you may recognize another uh, face or two, not many other faces, but mm, a face here or there, but they're the main three that you would definitely recognize, and, you know, basically, I want to, I'd like to read the synopsis, it says, follow two foster brothers that choose separate paths, Malcolm follows his father's footsteps, and begins pastoring a small church while Silk follows a path of darkness, attempting redemption at his own convenience. And I actually like that description. I actually like that description. I think it's pretty accurate. And, you know, has a... I've seen it before. I've seen it before. I haven't seen it in a while, and I, I realized that I did not see it all the way to the end when I watched it again last night. And uh, as I was watching it, I had some mixed feelings. And, uh, you know, I don't like to always start this conversation. You know, i got my two buddies on. I have my girl Shantice on with me to give this review. So good morning, Shantice. Good morning, Pastor Seth. How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. Good, good, good. So, a heart that forgives. First of all, would you agree with the synopsis? Uh, yeah, it was a pretty okay synopsis. Okay, 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 okay. Well, I don't want to get started before I bring our other reviewer. You know, we can't have a proper review if we don't get our boy Ainsley on. Good morning, Ainsley. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you over there? I'm doing fine, I'm doing fine. How you doing? How you doing, Santi? I'm great. How are you? Good, 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 great. All right, Ains, I need you. You're breaking up a little bit, and you know how I always say, I don't want to miss anything any of you ever have to say. So please 
find your spot where we don't get that, that, that break up so I can hear everything and our, our listeners can hear everything you got over there. All righty? Okay. All right. All right. All right. So while you get your together, uh, Shantice, uh, let's get to talking. Let's get to talking. So let's mm-hmm. discuss the, the overall person past the Malcolm. So what do you what do you think of in general of Pastor Malcolm? I saw him as, you know, a pastor who was just really trying to keep the ministry afloat, trying to make sure whatever programs they had in place, they had the pantry, they had the summer camp. Um, he made sure whatever members, especially the elderly members, if they needed he himself cared enough to personally deliver, um, you know, food to their congregants and, you know, donate money to them when he realized they didn't have. So he he just came across as a young pastor who's like, okay, if I'm going to do this, then let me do this, and let me make sure that every T is crossed, every I is dotted. Like, we have to make sure that we're not only in here just you know, I'm giving the word and everybody leaves. Like, this has to be a full, complete ministry. Okay, okay. I like that. I like that description of Pastor Malcolm. Uh, Ames, well, what was your overall view of Pastor Malcolm? Um, I agree with Sean Thies. I thought he was, um, I agree with Sean Thies. I thought he was like, you trying to do what? You're supposed to do as a pastor, you know, try to be complete for the need and do everything you can. Apparently, from the storyline, you know, mm-hmm. the activity was growing, like the pantry, um, the youth camp, and again, you know, personally, which I, you know, in real life, I, I kind of admire, you know, with pastors who have a hands on approach to, you know, the ministry and the um, outreach. So, yeah, it's favorable. All righty, all righty. Um, I'm barely catching what you're saying because you're still breaking up. So maybe hang up and call back, and maybe you'll get a better connection. I don't want to miss anything you're saying. Oh, my God. Okay, let me try again. Okay, thanks. Okay. Um, I actually agree with the both of them. Uh, it was a very impressive um uh, angle that the pastor was coming from, uh, you got an opportunity to see that, you know, he cared. He cared about the congregation. It wasn't a huge congregation, but it was a nice, you know, size, a nice amount of people that uh, he did uh, care over. And again, it did show you that he did have that hands-on approach where, you know, he's not just going to talk about it, but he's going to be about it. And even showing, you know, him visiting one of the elderly in the church, and you know, she's not going to tell that she doesn't have any food in the house. But when he gets there and he goes to put the care package in the refrigerator, he sees that she has nothing in there. And he then goes back. He tells her, you know, I'm going back. I'll be back. I'm going to go back and get you another box. So, you know, as a, as a young 
uh, pastor. It, it was refreshing to see that, you know, this wasn't one who was out chasing, you know, trying to find that wife, you know, trying to find that, you know, that that uh, woman, you know, or spending time trying to, you know, get his, his you know, dating on. And, you know, where it took over the time that he could really care for his uh, people. So, but, but I, I actually did like uh, his character. Shanties, what did you think of Silk's character? Someone walking around with a chip on his shoulder um, who resents the lifestyle of the pastor. So you just went in the complete opposite direction. But you could tell, like, there was some resentment towards that, but not necessarily towards... What was the pastor's name again, Michael? Pastor Malcolm. Malcolm, yeah. There was no resentment directly towards him against that lifestyle. Um, so really, ultimately, the resentment was towards God. So now I'm just going to rebel and live that opposite lifestyle. Um, but still, of course, like, you're still soft. You know, like, you know, still showing that, um, you know, you do have that, that weak spot. You know, so it's like, yeah, you hard, you tough, you're making your money, you're, you're giving financial contributions to the church. Meanwhile, you know what it is that you need, you know, and, and you know whatever, you know, that specific thing that may be brought up, whether it's in conversation or whatever, like, that's going to be that thing that makes him buckle mentally and emotionally. All right, all right. Angel, back on with us. We're talking about the, the Silk character, the, the Charles Malik Whitfield character. You know, what, what, was your, what would be your synopsis of who he is? Uh, almost like the prodigal son. <laughs> um, can you hear me? How's this, first of all? I can. Much better. Much better. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, almost like the prodigal son. Like, you know, like, he uh, he knows better. Um, it was a little weak in the storyline as to um, the issue with the father and stuff like that. So what made him go astray. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, he, 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 apparently whatever he did, you could tell the seed was planted. So, um, you know, he was doing wrong, but yeah, you still, you know, say, okay. At first it was like, okay, well, um, you know, you're trying to, uh, try to buy a blessing, so to speak. Right, you right, know, right. going, asking, asking, can you uh, just cover me in prayer? So obviously you know the power in prayer. You you know about that, you know. Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, you're asking um, the pastor to bless his mess. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you're about to be doing. Nice That's what I thought it was going to be at first. Yeah. So um, so he, he looked like he, the seed was planted. But, you know, I guess, you know, we've all done, well, you know, done our thing before we come to realization, you know, the Christ is really the way we got to really turn our life over to him. So, uh, he, he's, yeah, his character is, is you know, it's almost like the, he had to come back home. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, I actually agree that, you know, when, when the story first opens, it, it 
shows the two of them together and they're talking and he's asking and, and, and here's the thing. I thought it was real interesting that his the terminology that was used. You know, cover me in prayer. Cover me in prayer. Cover me in yeah. prayer. Every time right, he asked right. just didn't you know generally people say pray for me. You know, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. But his terminology stuck to cover me in prayer, which I agree that that kind of gives you that 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 feel and that he really understands what prayer is even supposed to do. So even if you know he doesn't have that, um, even if he doesn't have that. That, that, you know, uh, walk in the Lord or walk with the Lord, he still understands what prayer is supposed to do. And I agree, you know, this resentment of the Father, they only touched on. So clearly the Father is, you know, the, 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 the foster parents are the ones who instill Christ in the two of them. And... You know, it, 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 he he alludes to the fact that it's lorded over them. You know, they, they were disciplined very strictly, um, and this you know he's now resenting and because of the way they were raised, it was like too much. It was just too much of this God thing. It sends him in the, the other direction where Malcolm gravitates to God. So. You know, I, I I really thought that cover me in prayer thing, and and like you said, Ains, you know, it was almost like they, he was trying to. It looked as though he was trying to buy because he says, you know, I want to give my tithe, and that's what he first starts off saying, and then it goes to, well, cover me in prayer, almost like, well, I give you these tithes if you pray for me, type of thing. So, you know, it was it was really uh, an interesting introduction to to the movie. Yeah, it was. It was a really inter- interesting because you wanted to know where was this going. Um, now they had several storylines going on here. They had the the, the, the life of uh, Pastor Malcolm, the life of Silk, which is the, the the thug, the street brother, foster brother, and then you had their life together, and then you had a a separate a separate storyline of. What do you call it? Uh, uh, some, some, some chick in the church where her her mother, her parents are are in the picture, and the mother is experiencing domestic abuse. Shantice, yeah. how how uh, how are we? Well, Ainsley, I'll start with you. How are we doing with that? Oh, that part, uh, um, well, you know, when I first that scene came, came up, uh, I was like, okay, what am I looking at? Um, you know, all right, because, so apparently just gets her daughter, she realized that, you know, you know, with the whole wearing the glasses and, then, you know, it comes off and you see the bruise on her. And so it seemed like this has been a pattern. It's not nothing new. Um, apparently, it's been going on for a while. Um, and then, you know, in <clears throat> the storyline further it lose. So apparently, it don't say they don't say exactly, but apparently, um, 
the her husband or the you know the abusive person. Let me say that was abusive to um, his daughter as well. You know, I don't want to go ahead, but you know, at one point when he's lying, he's lying in the bed for a moment. She tries to suffocate him. So, you know, this is apparently one one bad dude, one 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 bad dude. And so the abuse, you know, it's like I, I hate to see, I hate to, to you know, to to hear, you know, see the, you know, the the physical domestic abuse kind of thing. And but you know, but my thing is, even later on, when the you know the the wife, the one who was who was abused, she tries to justify it when he's in the hospital. You know, well, you know, I'm trying to love him. Um, there's, 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 to me, there's no, uh, there's no excuse for it. You know, the, the you know, domestic abuse, and apparently she's been going on, and so I guess she's really showing the signs of someone who's been, um, has been going on, and you know, and 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 justifies, the, you know, this this bad behavior on the other part, on on the from the abuser point, and. Um, you know, um, it, 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 it was a little trouble to see, but it's part of the storyline. So I'm like, okay, okay, this is this is being thrown in here, and you know, it's a good, it's, it's a significant part of the film. Uh, but of course, I like to see it, you know, hear it. But it's a reality of it's really a reality of what's really going on. Um, yeah, okay, I see the question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Shanti, you know, we're talking about the, the separate storyline of this family who the daughter is, she's an adult, you know, and she's watching her mother who has this domestic uh, violence, forget about abuse, this domestic violence issue going on in in the storyline and clearly something that's been taking place for quite some time. Yeah, that, <laughs> obviously there was something going on. The father used to be, I guess, used to abuse the daughter as well. Um, but her being an adult, like you said, and now her still seeing that her mother is still wearing shades because the father is still hitting her, still even bruises. You know, and she now she then correlates that into like kind of like how she deals with her husband, even though that type of situation isn't going on in her marriage. But you know, I I can't even imagine. And well, she showed like how frustrating it is that okay, this has been going on for as long as I can remember. I'm a grown woman, Mama. You're way older. He's way older. You need to tell me this is still happening. And why? Like, why are you still, you know, holding out on taking care of yourself so that you can sit and endure this man continuing to abuse you mentally, physically, emotionally, so on and so forth? So, you know, when those, when those things got a little intense, you know, between them, and it got to the point where she didn't want to answer her mother's phone calls because she was just so disgusted with her mother. And it's like, why are you still sitting here allowing this? Why are you still, you know? And it just shows how a lot of the the parents who are the victims, like, they don't take into consideration how it affects their child, even their adult child, you know, how it affects them um, 
because you can't dictate to someone how to feel about how they see you going through stuff and you choosing to go through stuff. You know, it's not like you're sick. You can't help the fact that you're sick and now you're watching your child, a child, child, or an adult child. You're like, oh, my God, I think this happened to my mother. But you're, like, intentionally allowing this to happen, and you're trying to get her to understand why she shouldn't say anything. And it's like, no. That, I think that's another thing that caused a lot of friction between that mother-daughter relationship because the mother was so, you know, insistent on, like, okay, but just don't say anything. Just don't, you know, like, don't comment. Don't, don't have any advice or anything. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, you know, <laughs> watching that and absorbing that, it, 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 it was really just a interesting, an interesting concept because as both of you have said, you know, you can clearly see that she was raised watching this. So now, you know, when I'm a child, you know, I can only deal with it as a child, you know, when I'm an adult, this is something completely different. And, you know, now that I have my own marriage, it's affecting my marriage. And it's it's also affecting my relationship with you, Mom, because now I'm disrespectful to you. You know, we're in the store. I see you with these glasses on. And instead of me waiting to, you know, discuss this in private, I'm so upset that I, I, I out you in public, and, you know, it, it's, it's something that you really have to uh, put into its proper perspective because, again, it, it's affecting the relationship with the mother, it's affecting the relationship with the father, and it's affecting the relationship with your husband. So despite the fact that you're no longer being abused, if you were, here I am an adult, and I still can't shake this here. And, 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 and again, like Shanti said, you know, you can't dictate or determine, I always like to say, you know, what, and what affects you and how it affects you and how long it does. You know, you, you are the other person. I don't mean you, you know, yourself. And even sometimes you don't realize how much it's affected you. And it, it, it shows how, you know, she, she actually at the end says, you know, she explains to her husband, you know, what goes on yeah. in her head and, you know, why she married him or, you know, why she does what she does in the marriage or whatever. But, here again, you're talking about a grown woman. So even if she was in her early 30s, you're talking about now I'm in my early 30s and I'm still dealing with the residual of this, 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 this behavior. And although it's not affecting me directly, it's affecting me directly. Because by me still watching mom go through this, and I can't figure out why in the world she's staying in this and, and watching mom make excuses, I just couldn't, I'm like, you old and you make an excuse. Lord have mercy. You, y'all senior citizens and you now, you standing outside being abusive to this woman. And where it crosses over into the silk uh, character. And so, you know, right. this stuff stay contained. It doesn't stay contained. It gets so bad, it doesn't stay contained to, 
to the indoors. It doesn't stay contained to the just to, to, to just the two of you. It now spills over into other lives. Um, I want to talk before mm-hmm. we bring Pastor Charlene on. I want to talk about this other. There's two other storylines that go on here, but I want to talk particularly about the fact that this, the daughter has a friend who she matches with. The, the the husband's friend who's still not over he's a widower and he's still not over the dead wife and you know that that brings on a you know a whole new dynamic because you're playing matchmaker and yet you don't even realize who you partnering people up with Shanti yeah that was she was a little too like, I'm insisting you pop up over there and you do this and you do that. And I'm like, after the second time they went out, you're insisting that now she just pops up. I don't want you popping up when I know you like that. I don't want you popping up. And I, But it has everything to do with, you know, did you really speak to your husband about his friend? Did you really try to build, well, not really build your own relationship with his friend? but really observe his friend long enough to see, you know, even if you didn't think he's crazy or there's some high level of trauma now that he's lost his family, like you say, you losing your family in itself is traumatic, you know. And while people always, because it's always this mentality of, you know, you have to be with someone, you have to be with someone, you have to be with someone. Now you're pushing your friend on him. And then you get mad when you find a gun in the car. It's like you didn't observe him long enough. You know, you didn't. Now, God forbid, you pushed your friend on him, and then he ended up shooting and killing her. What could you have said to your friend then after you insisted that they went out again, whether it was alone or on the double date, after you insisted that she just popped up at his home by herself? You don't really know who this person is. It has everything to do with, especially when, you know, you have someone who's in a relationship or married. You know, now I have a single friend. Ooh, you should look to this too because, and and the friend was, you know, she already had her own level of being thirsty, as they used to say. But (laughs) with you being, with you being married, uh, for the most part, a lot of married people who have single friends, that's what they do. They now try to couple them up. So now we all can be married and we can all go on double dates and we can all go on outings together. You know, it's couples night and it's just that and the third. And it's like you yourself should have probably stayed single a little longer considering the trauma you got going on in your life. But now you're pushing and trying to, you know, make this couple thing happen with two other people. Yeah, it was, I just thought it was really sloppy, that that whole transaction, even transaction. Hey, you know, you know, we always see, you know, people trying to play matchmaker, you know, in church. We we are all spilling over into our church folks segment, and you know, we this is church people. For some reason, you can't see people single. Leave people alone. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, a couple things, man. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, I had kind of seen a part of the movie before. So my wife, she likes to watch these types of movies. Um, okay. You know, because she's, because um, first of all, I'll tell you some more. We got different tastes, what we like. But she can't stand to see anything. They got any profanity in it and, and stuff like that. So we got a running joke on, on certain things like this. So anyway, and another thing, she can't stand people popping up in real life at the house. As a matter of fact, earlier, right. <laughs> she can't stand right. people popping up. Oh, I'm in the neighborhood, so I'm going to pop up. She's like, <laughs> you know, you know. So and when I came to watching this, like when that scene happened, she was going to pop up. I already could see what my wife would have been like. First of all, who gave you my address? <laughs> who <gave laughs> right, you who, right, who, right. You know, right. Who, who, you don't just pop up because you're in the neighborhood. And you bring in groceries? You don't know what I'm allergic to? Right, right, you know, or, what, or what I like, or what I even like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, that pop up, that was kind of a little on it. That's really on the tacky side, real. Yeah, I, I, you know, I try to be forgiving in all kind of ways, but I thought that was a little <laughs> bit too much. <laughs> a little bit too much. You gonna pop up and bring groceries the first time, and, you know. It was kind of it was, it was a bit much for me, man. Um, yeah, but you know it's, it's always a thing, I guess. When you know people want to see people, I guess happy. You know, I guess being happy means then you need to be with a partner. You know, you need to, you know, man need to find a woman, and the woman needs to be matched up with some guy and stuff like that. They were trying to put their two cents into it, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you know, I, you you both touched on the fact that she, you know, dropped by unannounced. She dropped by unannounced. The girlfriend gave clearly gave the address, and you know, I laughed because Shantice and I talk about this. On, Don't let nobody knock on this door, baby. If they could see our response on the other side, they'd walk away. They really would. <laughs> and this is a Christian household, so I can't even imagine. Like, who's that? You know, it's just, it's just something that you just don't do. But my thing was, yeah, yeah. you pop up unannounced. You pop up not just with groceries. So you didn't bring over, you know, uh, 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 some juice. You going to stand up in the man's house talking about, I brought, I'm going to make some salmon and some dip. And I'm saying, well, how did we get here that you are assuming that it's fine that you're going to go cook up in the man's house? That's just way too much comfortability and, 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 and assumption that this is going to be fine. You didn't win board salmon, so I just spent my money on salmon. Now, if we didn't got some salmon, this would cost me about a good $30. And I'm going to go to a person who I don't know. Again, we've talked about this, going to these men's homes. Yo, you can't be that desperate. You mean to tell me you, I forget about the church part, but you want to tell me you didn't even think, you know, again, where there's this assumption that he's safe. There's assumption. There's an assumption that he's sound-minded. There's an assumption that he's going to like or, or welcome you cooking in his kitchen. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, you know, there ain't a whole lot of people cooking up in this kitchen, and we ain't even talking about male or female, just period. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, yeah. I, I'm looking at, and I'm saying, really, really, you know, this, and, and again, 
this is these are those of us who go to church. So here's here's, here's my bigger point, and and this is where I'm going to bring Pastor Charlene in on. You know, again, you're dealing with. You're supposed to be, and now, 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 to 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 the point of we don't know how Christian these people are supposed to be, but since we try to push this thing here, you know, if you're a Christian person, you know, you 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 show up at this man's house, you show up planning on cooking this, because if you did the way, even the way she said it was seductive, you know, I got some salmon and some this and some that, and. Is this what we want yeah. to show men that we're about? Where's my Pastor Charlotte there? Let's say good morning to Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing today? All right, thanks. All right, All right. thanks. You? How are you? Great, great. Amen. Good. So we're in our church folk hour, and, you know, we're talking about the fact that, you know, this chick shows up, you know, to this man's house. And said, well, let's go back a little bit. The reason why she shows up is because they went out on this date and she hasn't heard from him. So now she's been prodded to reach out to him. So it's one thing to pick up a phone and call and say, hey, how you doing? You want to meet at the park. But it's another thing for you to now go to this man's house. You done bought these groceries. You standing up in his kitchen talking about how you going to cook. And also, is this what we want to show men, Pastor Charlene, you know, if we're supposed to be Christian women? Are we pop- popping up at their house, cooking dinner, and, 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 and you know, talking over our shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not what we should be doing. She did look very thirsty, but her friend kept pushing her. Right. And right. now remember, we never saw her in the church. We always saw the friend in the church. Right. That's remember? true. That's well, okay, true. I don't want to say that piece. So... When they were sitting at let's let's go back with the conversation when the when the wife says to her friend because I you know I don't remember names she said did he call you she said no she said well did you call him she said no so her friend was the one that was pushing her up on it for her right. to make the right. first step and she was right. like I don't want to do that because I will look like I'm thirsty. I would look, you know, like I'm desperate, right? But right. her friend talked her into it. So by her listening to her friend, she's probably thinking, because you put yourself in her position, ladies, she's probably thinking that maybe she's trying to tell her something because it's the husband's friend. So she goes along with it, and she says, okay. But then remember, the husband comes first. He's looking for the friend. Y'all remember right. that? He's, he said yes, where she's at. Where she's at, right? So now my thought was the wife had a conversation with him, with her husband, to say that I sent her back to him. Sent her friend back to him, right? So now right. while they're in the conversation... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I said that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right? So now the, the doorbell rang. Ding dong. So she's <laughs> like in the days like, what is she doing here? But he's very kind, very nice. Because remember, he hesitant to say come in. He didn't just say come in. Now, right. most of you guys would just say, hey, all right now, come on in, boo. <laughs> come on in. <laughs> you know, but finally she said, oh, well, you know, you're going to let me in. So she comes in, and so now he has to get rid of his friend, of course, and then she leaves. So now, right, the seduction, but as a female, a Christian woman, one, she shouldn't be at his house, Two, all your dates should, should be in public. Because when you do go to a man's house, and this is on any side, save, not save, whatever. When you go to a man's house on the second go around, yeah, you come in looking for something because he's going to give you exactly what you want. And then now you're going to be mad if it ain't what you wanted or, you know, or he just use you and don't never really call you no more. But remember right. the scene when, let's go to the groceries. Because then we got to look at how she did the groceries, too. As she was taking them out, when she turned around, she leaned herself up against the, um, uh, what is it, counter. Right. So look at him. He stepped back for, away from her. Right, 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 right. This is not his doing. This is her doing, which is why that was the approach, you know. You you know, we we push again, you have the push of the 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 church woman, you know, uh, up into this situation. And again, you know, my question was, all right, so the friend is walking through there talking about, well, where is she? Where is she? And I was kind of scratching my head at that point, Shanti. Did you, did, did you like, wonder what that was about? Wait, for that last part again? I'm sorry. Yeah, when, when he, when uh, Pastor Charlotte brought up, when the friend, the husband, walks up into the friend's house, he's like, where is she? Where is she? Yeah, I was like, what, what did he hear that had him on some type of alert, like was he trying to be sarcastic? Like, oh, I'm expecting you to have slept with her, and she's here. Or what? I don't. I, I think it was more sarcasm. It had to have been because there wasn't anything said or done in between them leaving the comedy club and him just popping up at his friend's house looking around that would have him seriously going there like, oh, you know, how, how did it go? You know, I'm sure she's here. I'm sure, you know, she spent the night. You know, so when that first happened, I was like, after that particular scene, like, okay, he stopped looking around and they were just talking. I was like, okay, that had to have been sarcasm, like, because it, what, what was said or done that would have had you really, you know, go there out of concern or even, you know, from a man aspect. You know how men talk about, you know, the women that, they're dating or whatever. Like, no, that has to have been sarcasm. All righty, all righty. And, you know, there, there's a part, speaking of the women in this movie, there's a part where the, there's another seductress uh in the in this movie and you know it, it's it's the the church secretary and i'm like 
What's the matter mm-hmm. with these people? What, what 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 does that look like to you as a man? You know, watching all of this go on because we know they always they've got these sexy looking. Y'all need to have somebody with some buck teeth, a a wig that's twisted on the side, who got some turned over shoes. What is this with this these people? You know, and they go hire these 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 women, these church secretaries that that are really good looking, and that just never seems to work out well. Yeah, yeah, but, it, but mind you, mommy, it's a twist. Now I remember it one scene where I mean, when he, I guess, when he's walking one way and she's walking the other, and you know, she wasn't even giving him the time of day. Right. Right. You right. Know, I guess he asked for something right. on the desk, and you know, he couldn't even get out. She just walked right past him. But the minute he get a little bit of money in his pocket, yep. he get on a nice suit, yep. he start looking good. He got some cufflinks on. He got a nice watch on, which somebody just gave him, by the way. You know, so you getting blessed. You don't know how people don't know how you getting blessed. All they see, oh, you got the bling, or you looking good. You got the suit on. Now, at the same time around, oh, now you want to give him the time of day. Like, oh, you done stepped up. So that means we done stepped up. <laughs> so yeah. hey, how you doing? <laughs> Hey, how you doing? But they, you know, you got game enough, you realize, no, it ain't how we doing. No, I was just blessed this way with this way. You know what I'm saying? You don't know how I got right. this. And, you know, um, so, I mean, I hear what you're saying. You know, okay, yeah, yeah. get the busted up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but apparently, you know, she wasn't really doing her job until... He said, you know, she saw some interest in it, you know. He said, oh, I put the stuff on your desk already. He's like, oh, right. okay. I ain't even got to ask now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You volunteering your services in more ways than one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Great. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and, um, okay, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. So, um... You can finish what you're saying. You can finish what you're saying because I'm going on to another thought. So go ahead. Finish up. Yeah. And, you know, um, so apparently she's the one, I guess she, she um, this is the thing that we, gets me about the story. It gets more to the storyline. So I guess she's the one that, that kind of, she saw the transaction where Silk was giving the pastor some money, right, and stuff like that. So you think, right. oh, I got something on, on him and right. stuff like that. But, you know, um, when it first happened in the beginning, and my thing is, so what? So, so what? Somebody gave you some money. So what? How, you know, now, it should it be more, I mean, it goes to the more, to the heart of the storyline. It should be some accounting of the money that's coming into the church. Is it really for him or is it really for the church? But, you know, it comes out that he really used it for the church church benefit and to the ministry. But so what? You know, you presume that, okay, you know uh, that I'm I'm doing something wrong. You know, right. so uh, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I had an issue with that. You know, right. I mean, is is that something wrong with that? You know, and then you're gonna take it to the next step. The next, the next thing, you know, a few scenes later, you're kicking a pastor out the church. I'm like, right, how that the very that thing. Right, right, for yeah, the only. 
Right, right. For the only, the only, the only charge is accepting money, and actually, that that's where I'm going. So I'm glad you started there, uh, and and I'll, I'll take it to you, Pastor Charlin. You know, I I found it annoying myself that you know they they're sitting in the car. Silk gives him this envelope. She's looking out the window and she's filming this on her phone. And when she says, "Oh, I like I got," I'm like, "But what did you get?" The man handing him an envelope. You don't know what. You don't know what this is. You on the inside of the building, looking through a window into a car where you see, you know, this this uh this this man handing this next man, the pastor, an envelope, and already your your busybody. And you're into something, and, and you're assuming things that you have no idea of what's going on. Forget about what was really going on. But again, just inserting yourself into this and making it appear as though there's something going on when there really could have been nothing going on. And, you know, Ainsley says, you know, okay, so he takes the money, and so what? Pastor Charlene, so what? And, and, you know, he's using it for the benefit of the church because when he hands, he hands um, uh, 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 Carl Anthony Payne, Cole's character, the money, he says, here, take this money. He says, well, what do you want me to do with the money? He says, listen, go, go, go put some, you know, go, go put it toward the camp. Go do this with it. Go do that. All, all of the, the uh, activities and, and, and functions of the church he was naming that he could do with the money. Um, is that what we can consider ill-gotten gain that would benefit the church? When I saw that, you know what I first thing I thought about because that she was so mad about it when she brought everybody. How many people are sitting in that church and went to the casino? How many people oh. have sit in the <laughs> church and scratch off? How right, many? Right. You know I mean? It's just that right. you did not, they didn't say, well, I got, oh, I hit big, and, you know, and I'm going to give you some money, you know. So when that scene came, I, and when he did the part that you're talking about, when he told him to do, my first thought was it's not like he's keeping it for himself. He's still blessing the church. He didn't say I'm keeping anything. He didn't say I'm buying something for myself. And that was my first thing that I thought of. And I thought of that when you are stand, when you are in a situation like, for example, if you're sitting, you might be. I'm gonna use BBQs for example. You could be somebody you know standing at the bar, sitting at the bar. You walk in, right? You came to eat, but you see somebody. So now you standing at the bar talking to them. They will assume Pastor, uh, Pastor Steph is drinking because right, there might right. be a drink that's sitting in front of you, right? So this is right. a vision that she's seeing. Like you said, the no little nosy church people, right? So right. this is what she's seeing as well. Right. So now going back to just like I said, we don't never know with the money of people. We know that somebody is is blessing the ministry and bringing money in. So why are we so tight with it? And that was my first thought about it. Is it right? Is it wrong? My thing. What well, I don't really. I know you don't want to really get to the end. Um, he confessed. 
so that was a, I can say that piece. Well, Is that no. too far? Yeah. Don't say that piece. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, stick to the question, Pastor. Um, Pastor. Charles, um, stick to the question. Okay. Uh, okay. What was the question? Is it wrong? That's the question, right? church. He helped out the church. I'm going to stay right there. He blessed the church. So, I'm going to stay right there. Yeah. Okay, okay. Shanti, mm-hmm. well, what's your thought on this entire thing? <sighs> well, I wanted to know how she was able to get a picture from through the, <laughs> the blind <laughs> this, into this car that had tinted windows. What picture did you get? Because I got an iPhone 12 Pro Max. I can't take a picture from this window into a car that's sitting right in front of my house. And that car wasn't even right outside the window. That car looked like you got to walk outside the church and walk some feet to get to that car. So that in itself was just like, here we go with the buffooling. Okay. <laughs> then you got, this is how I'm going to, this is how I'm going to blackmail you. Shut up. you just mad because you ain't getting none of that money. Then it's, you know, yes, it's really easy to say, okay, he's a drug dealer, he's a this, he's a that, so why would you now accept this money? You know, with this being his brother, you know, I, I could see, like, even if I didn't use it for the church, but I just took the money and held it. I didn't do nothing with it. You know, so we personally, I don't agree with you using it for the church because you, you, you weren't ignorant to where this money came from. You know, so now... If someone did find out that you use this money, it could be like, oh, well, Pastor don't care where the money comes from as long as he did it to do whatever. But if I now just took this money and held it for you, because now look what happened. Now you shot, you can't even work at McDonald's. So now you need this money <laughs> that you gave me. You need this money that you thought I was going to use to buy this new organ and buy myself a new suit and all this stuff that she was telling me to do when when you was out there in the street living your best life. Now, you you can't do that. So I bet you need this money now, you know. But a lot of it just has to do with minding your business. You know, let God deal with the pastor as far as, you know, you shouldn't be taking this money and utilizing it for my services and my home because you know where this money came from, um, despite the intentions of silk. You know. You know, to to the non-believers, it don't matter. Money is money. You know, to God, it does matter because money just ain't money. You know, God deals with the intentions and, and all of that. But it it just had everything to do. You know, and again, I with with Pastor Malcolm, it's you know, I I shouldn't accept it because I know where it's coming from. At the same time, I don't want to insult him. So I don't have any personal desires as far as I'm gonna take this money and use it to my personal benefit, so now I'm going to use it to the benefit. The church needs stuff. The church needs, you know, the pantry to stay open. The church needs a new organ. The church needs to keep the summer camp doors open, so I'm, I'm going to utilize that. So I, I understand that dilemma as well. But 
this whole blackmail thing, like, that was so weak. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, the church people meddling, church folk meddling was was the biggest um the biggest annoyance to this whole thing. And and you know, whether we step into the zone of, you know, should pastor have accepted the money, should pastor have applied that money to the the uh, the the church needs there is one issue, but you know, for you to actually now take quote unquote this video or picture, if you could manage, because I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, how clear was this video or this picture where you could show it to the people in the church, and now instantaneously y'all gonna come in, and, and you of course you got the headhunter who's you know out to 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 out the pastor, you know, you take it to, you, you get mad, and it was in minutes, y'all, you know, he tells you, get out the office, because he's not accepting your advances, your sexual advances, and now within minutes, before he has a chance to go and deliver his sermon, y'all standing up there trying to out the man. So, you know, again, mm-hmm. you know, based on what? Based on what? And and that to me is is the church folk angle that I'm coming that that that, that I'm I'm actually after. You know, you took what she had as as a video or a picture. She shows it to you. Y'all confront the pastor. Now I, I'm gonna say this. This was not a normal pastor on this side of the fence. Cause I gotta tell you, it wouldn't have been pastor. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> Y'all show up with some picture or video talking about, you know, well, you, you can't go up here and preach this sermon. And, and, and this is what happens with this board, these boards in this church where they have the loudest voice. They get to say what happens. And now, you know, you're, you're, you're at this point where you're outing the pastor. And we're going to come back to that. But I want to, I want to talk about a couple of other things. So Ains, so you have this, you have the lieutenant of Silk. You have Silk's lieutenant who is giving him mm-hmm. grief every step of the way about anything he does that has something to do with church or God. Anytime he sees him looking like he's getting quote-unquote weak in the street, you know, he, he they go to make this, this buy, um, and, and he ends up, looking and seeing the Bible in the car, the open Bible. He got a problem with that. You know, every time he, you know, what are you talking to the pastor for? What is that about? And how do we, you know, allow that to affect us from the, from Silk's side, from Silk's side? So how does he, how does he, all right, let me ask you, so he, what do you mean? How does he, um, Say a question one more time. Make sure I, I, I want to make sure I, okay. I'm, 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 so clearly, I'm proficient. Okay, okay, so you even brought up the fact that a seed was planted, and you know, cover me in prayer, and and, and maybe right. that's that. Maybe that's the angle I want to go from. Let, let, let me shift it a little bit. He says, "Cover me in prayer." So he's getting the prayer that he's getting in person, and we're gonna take it that Pastor is praying for his brother. And with this prayer, he's not comfortable, or he's he's not uncomfortable, 
reading the Bible. He's not, despite the fact that he's in the street and he's a drug dealer, he's not uncomfortable reading the Bible. He's not uncomfortable going and asking for prayer. And and out in the street, he's now beginning to exemplify a little of both sides. And his lieutenant mm-hmm. is real uncomfortable with this. Yo, if we're going to do this, let's do this. If we're going to sell drugs and be in the street, then let's be in the, let's be in the street and sell the drugs. What, what are you doing with a Bible in your car? What are you doing talking to the pastor? You're messing this whole thing up. So, you know, I, I want to talk about that, you know, um, how okay. we become, you know, conflicted, where prayer is actually beginning to work. And the seed that was planted has not, you know, is is growing clearly, but yet we got the outside forces that are disturbing our walk. So let, let me take it from that angle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things. Like, first of all, I mean, I, I put it this way. So apparently, I'm assuming, you know, the criminal enterprise, the criminal boys he was doing, was flourishing. It was. Right. It, I ain't, we didn't get no right. indication that things were going bad. Things were going. Things were going okay. Well, good. You know, he making a deal, so he got his man there to help with the transaction and stuff. So things were going good. So now you, your your lieutenant, he questioning about your faith in God and stuff like that. So apparently, he might have a little understanding of what's going on in you know a little maybe a not as much of a seed. But maybe a little bit of a seed is there, so you know you're not indifferent to what the Bible, you know, stuff like that. However, right. at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, this might be a little bit twisted, but I'm like, okay, whatever you're doing, if it's making us prosper, why well, I'm going to open up my mouth? <laughs> if it ain't right. broke, don't fix it. <laughs> right. All right. So if you if if you're covering in prayer is making my my is is, is Making our drug enterprise grow, and but but my pocket, so be it. <laughs> you know, right? What's the <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, um, and but but another thing though, what crossed my mind, that you know that when he first, I think when he first brings up, um, you talking about what? I mean, I gotta have a good talk with the pastor, and so he pulls a gun out on him. That right there, most of the time, when you pull a gun on your partner, yeah, that that friendship is gone right there. Right, right, you know, right. That, that, that's, right. That, that's a serious turn in your relationship right there. You know, that's that 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 generally that's it right there. Okay, but this is Hollywood. This is a movie, so okay, they forgive, they forgive that, they forgive that, <laughs> and you know. And, and here's another thing. So now, remember, there's one part. Well, Silk, he's getting on. He's getting on lieutenant. Cause he was like, because I guess you know, on back him oil, and he said, "Yo, where's my, where's my oil?" Yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah. What happened to that oil? You know what I'm saying? You know, he's sensitive about this, so you know what something is missing. Where's the oil? So maybe the lieutenant had a little something, something to do with that oil missing too. You know what I'm saying? So he know a little, you know, he know a little something. Um. But you know, there's always that. It always could be that that person that um, to try to bring you back to what you used to do. Um, and right. and you know, um, there's always that antagonist. So there's always that something. Well, you know what it is? The enemy try to bring you back one way or another, subtle or overtly. You know, bring back your past and okay, this is how it should be. It worked. How this is how it used to work before. This is how it should work now. 
uh, bring you back to a lifestyle contrary to you know a Christian lifestyle. So um, he 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 was a character though. He was a character. Now I didn't quite get at the toward. I don't want to get this far. You know, I just I don't know then. Um, you know, when the gun goes off, when the lady, th- that's another thing. I don't know how. Those are guns all across. And first way, is that, you, is that a really real way to handle that? You're going to throw a gun off a bridge. <laughs> it goes off at the same time, the same place where they're at, and it goes off. And you know, and I don't know if the bullet, the, the, the bullet catching the in the in the Bible. I was a little lost there. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that. We're gonna come back to that. We're gonna come back to that. We got a couple minutes. We got a couple minutes. Uh, uh, Pastor Charlin. No, I'm gonna come to you last on that one, Pastor Charlin. Shantice, um, yes, the the. <laughs> I was so lost in the source with that. I was like. <laughs> They just, they were just having a Texas standoff. How he just shot and now ain't nobody around. Where are all the people? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my God. Um, I wanna I want you to take because I, I want to give Pastor Charlotte something different. You know there was a quote. There was a quote. Uh, you know it, during the altar call, and he says, "Take one step. If you take one step." God will help you the rest of the way. Now, that's versus the saying that says, you take one step, God will take two, which I can't stand that saying. Oh, my goodness, I can't stand that saying. What's the difference to you? Me hearing, I never heard that before, but me hearing you take one step, God will take two, so then who's going to take the fourth step? That's what my head is. And then, like, that sounds so dumb. I, I've never heard that before. But that sounds dumb. So whoever, Christians, if y'all use that, please stop. Please stop. That sounds dumb. Um, versus you take one step and God will, you know, take the rest of the steps. Makes all the sense in the world when we read the verses where Jesus says, it's come to me. Where Jesus says, all you who are heavy burden, but how is it? Heavy laden and burden. Heavy laden and I will give you rest. Right, and I, and I, will, right, and I will give you rest and I will give you my burden because my burden is light. You know, that it makes sense. So like all God needs to hear you say is yes. He don't need to know that you could walk a straight line. He don't need to know that you could run. He just needs to know that you're willing to take the step towards him and he will handle everything else. So that's what, if we want to quote God and Jesus, that's what we should be saying versus that other one. Because that's what my head will go, well, who takes the other step? <laughs> or is it that I take a step and then God takes a step, but then I got to take the other step before he takes another step? Like, that, that's, the difference, that's the difference I hear. It's just like people don't be analyzing what they be saying like that. I actually like that. I actually like that breakdown of the Thank first. You. Um, I actually like that. I think you did a really good job. I think you did a really good job with that. I'm a patent. 
<laughs> Actually, you did a really good job with that. Thank you. Pastor Charlotte, you know, you, you kind of advanced us a little while ago to the end where, you know, they, they, they kick, kick him out, you know, or they, they have the meeting. Let's put it that way. They have the meeting, excuse me, to kick him out of the church, you know, for the fact that, excuse me, the biggest charge is that he took money. They really have nothing else to charge him on. And he, he then confesses. And, you know, he says, you know, I took the money and this is what I did. And, you know, I'm just a man. I'm just a man. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. And, you know, I know I messed up and, and I tried to cover it up and, you know, so forth and so on. And, you know, I'm asking you as a pastor, you know, when you were once a congregant, you were once a congregant. Should that be acceptable? Is that is that forgivable? Do we now put the pastor back in the pulpit for that level of discretion? Um, and, and if they come clean, does that make a difference? You know, what, what what's your thought? Okay. My thought was um, he knew, and we all know, that when you know, like Shanti said, when you know where the money is coming from, you should not take it. His back, he got to a place where they, he was against the wall. He needed all of these things to be done, right? So in that moment, of being human in the flesh, right? So now when he comes to the meeting to let them know, yes, I was wrong. Yes, I did it. You know, and he's pouring his heart out and asking for forgiveness. Yes, I think that they should forgive him because we've all been to a place that we have made mistakes. Now it's different if he did not come come clean. That's different. But because of him asking for forgiveness and because that once you repent, he done went to God because when he was in the, sitting in the room in the dark, you know, he, I'm sure he was talking to the Lord then as well, you know. And even with that being said, when remember even when he gave his, he apologized and he went out and, um, and the guy called him back, he was still talking to God. You know, so it, he still was trying to get himself right. So do I think that they should have um, brought him back? Yes, because we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And I think that he should as being human, and he said he won't do it no more. Everybody gets another chance. All right, all Jesus right. give us another Oh, I just want to say this part, too. Jesus gives us how many chances? And you know what gets on my nerves? He gave me a second chance. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you said that. Oh, I can't stand that saying either. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yes. So, yes, bring him back. Bring him back. Yes. <laughs> say, what did you say, Shantice? I gave me second chance, 999. Like, I, I don't like huh? that saying either, Pastor Charlene. Oh. <laughs> like, God, mm-hmm. God is a God of second chances. And it's like, 
so then we should all be dead then, because we didn't, we didn't make down, we didn't make five mistakes at once. When we said second, second chance, chances. we made five. How about that? Right, right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I three. Uh, Ainsley, what, what, since we're on that topic, what do you feel about that saying? God is the God of second chances. Yeah, I'm like Chuck Cheese. <laughs> Second chances, everybody, everybody be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody alive. <laughs> Just two. You only got That's one. Right. one time That's right. That's <laughs> right. We kept Who, it who's alive now? I've been dead a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. No. Mm-mm. Absolutely. Um, Ainsley. You 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 were you were at the point of thank you, Pastor Charlotte. Thank you, Pastor Charlotte. I don't want you to think that I didn't pay attention. Yes, thank you very much. Um, you know, you were at the point, Ains, where you were talking about how this stupid fluke of you throwing out the the thing out the window and it, it the bullet ends up in the Bible that the lieutenant just happens to be holding at the time. And now this subsequently draws him to the altar during the altar call. He's still holding his Bible. <laughs> I got the bullet in it. <laughs> as a reminder and as a sign, if you will, that, you know, he could have right. been dead. God is a God of second chances. <laughs> You know, you got the, the the last word for this piece right here. You know, what, what's your say on, you know, now those type of things can now draw you to Christ? Well, certainly, certainly, because there's a lot of this, there's a lot of erotic things that happen that can that can happen that will bring a person to Christ. And here's another thing, because you know, because <laughs> you probably don't know. That the person who threw the gun off the off the bridge is right there in the congregation with him, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my goodness, I forgot to think about it that way, Ainsley. <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot of things that happen coincidentally. Um, we could say coincidence, but some kind of way, however the Lord leads a person, you know, however a person is led to Christ, you know, so be it, really. However coincidental it may be, ironic, um, you know, so be it. Everybody everybody has their, their, their story, you know, um, on that. So, so be it. So, you know, a gun flying off a bridge and... And all of a sudden, hitting the Bible, saving your life. Okay, that's your, that's it. Hey, if you save, all right, so be it. To God oh, be the glory. <laughs> oh my goodness! All righty, all righty, all righty. Uh, Shantice, I'll come to you. No, Pastor Charlotte. No, wait, wait, wait. Shantice. So I want to say, flick it or ditch it. What am I saying? What? What am I saying? Thumbs up, thumbs down. That's corny. Give me a, give me a thing. Oh, I don't know about that. Flick it or ditch it. Um, <laughs> that's a 
You may, you may need to stick with thumbs up or thumbs down. Thumbs up or thumbs down. And police come up with something. Pastor <laughs> um, do should they watch it? Go see it or don't even bother? Don't even bother. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like it, no. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right, so uh, f- f- how many how many stars out of five? Me? Yeah. Okay, which which way is is good? Oh, I'm five sorry. One. Five being good, one being bad. Zero. <laughs> wow! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my! Zero. I thought that they could have did a better, better casting than what they did. I, you know, it was no. Okay. Oh okay. wow. <laughs> All right, Ains. What you got? What you got? Go, go, go watch it, or don't even bother. Oh my God! I'm a guy. To me, it's mediocre, but I. I'm gonna be the good guy. Cause I'm like, she, if Charlene ain't giving a zero, I'm gonna give it a three. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're gonna give it a three. Why? Why does it get a three? Um, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, there's a lot to be desired for. Like I said, certain things. There's some things in the storyline is a little weak. Um, you know, little technical things, you know, those part scenes that were kind of dark. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, <laughs> I can see what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's a little budget film and stuff like that. And, you know, so, um, so you know, we got, I got a joke in, uh, in, in the house, right? So, again, my wife, she watched all these types of movies, right? So, every time she see a bad one, right, I'm come, and I come and I happen to see it come by, she always like, was oh, that one of your movies you worked on? Those, those, are those your people? <laughs> wow. So, so I was like, so in this case, I'm like, yeah, I give it a three. I'm going to be a little forgiving. Cause I believe me, I've seen a whole lot worse. So, okay. um, I, I kind of give a half, a half-heartedly thumbs up. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Shanti, don't see it or don't even bother. Now, you have Otis Williams from The Temptations in it, so that helps to boost it up a little bit. Um, I would say go see it because just like Angel said, I didn't see some stuff where I couldn't get past the initial credit. <laughs> so... With the with the with the savage struggle that goes on on this end, this was decent. This was I could stomach it. So I would give it three stars. Okay. There was a lot going on in the movie, and it would be four. But I, I, this is my second or third time watching it. I never made the connection of the gun being thrown over the bridge that that's the bullet that hit. So that just plummeted a star for me. Like, what are you talking about? I, I was, like, so lost. 
I always wonder, like, where did the bullet come from? The way the lieutenant pulled his gun out, aiming at the ground. Like, it was just that whole scene was just, like, horrible. I mean, y'all say see folks. All righty. Okay. Um, um, can I ask a question about that? Yes. When they, when they threw it out the window, when she threw it out the window, wasn't there a gate and it went up over the gate and came down? <laughs> Did I see that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Pastor Charlotte, the gate had holes in it. Didn't you pay attention? The gate had holes no, in I it, and a bullet is very small, and the bullet can easily go through the hole in the gate. <laughs> no, I thought that you the know, gun went over the gate. I thought that when, I'm going to look at it again just for that piece. I thought that when she threw it out the window, the gun went over the gate and went down. On the side of the gate, not through the gate. I oh thought it went God. over the gate. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's and I know that. I did that. I did that. That was my favorite. Huh? Wait, what happened? Wait, wait. Everybody talked at the same time. What happened real quickly? Me okay, that's me. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, Pastor Charlotte said her part. What did you say, Ainsley? I first, I, I was missing, I couldn't understand Okay, she was in the car. Why was she was she was in the car with the friend? I couldn't get that. I was like, what, what, what? How that come about? And how the whole gun came out? I missed that. I was like, and you gonna take no, somebody trying to throw it over the store no. out the window? First of all, like, I'm like, who no. is this? And no, you gonna take and throw? No, no, no. Let's go back to how she even got the gun in her hand. Well, he, he bumped forward. Oh, my goodness. That was the worst scene ever in, 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 in mm. any movie I've ever seen. He, he bumps forward. He jerks the car. She hits her head, bumps the, the, I guess, the glove compartment, and the gun falls out. That was, the, that was worse than her throwing the gun out the window. And as Pastor Charlotte <laughs> said, it went over the gate. Oh, no. I could take over the gate before I <laughs> it, it was it was the worst. It was the worst. that part was the worst scene ever. It was that I I could eat I could eat the gate part I, before I could eat the part how she got the gun in her hand. The compartment never opened. It, it was just that that was the biggest flub of the movie. Biggest flub of the movie. Um, so wait, I'm sorry. So then, what bullet hit him if the bullet was in the Bible? It didn't hit him. It didn't hit the lieutenant. No, I'm talking about Silk. What bullet hit it was, Silk? It went off several times. Right. <laughs> oh, so it bounced around. The I, I, I don't think I'm going to bounce around. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there was several. It was, you heard, pow, pow, pow. And one of the pals went in the bullet. The other pal went in Silk. Hit, hit him in. <laughs> I have never heard of a gun going off multiple times and no finger is on the trigger. <laughs> I've been to the shooting range right. before. How does that work? So, okay, yeah, I, mean, I thought I thought I thought other people were shooting at them and stuff like that, but I'm like, well, they was all gone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was torn so off. So everybody was afraid of the flying gun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did, it bring, did it bring your numbers down yet? Y'all still on three? <laughs> 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 no, 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 still on three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's my here's my review. 
I, <laughs> I think that was the biggest flub of the of the movie. I almost turned the movie off at that point. I was really annoyed because <laughs> I was like, y'all could have done much. Di- Listen, Otis from Temptations, you could have made a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done better by them, you because you were the seasoned person in the room. You you could have done better, um, but you know I, I give it I give it two and a half stars. Um, I, I, I didn't I didn't get through it the first time. Like I said, I I, I know I had seen it, but I, I clearly didn't see it all the way through. I had to sit through it this time. It, and it gets two and a half stars because it, at one point it was very all over the place for me. I really had a hard time keeping up and trying to put all the puzzle pieces together. But I was able to do that after a while, and um, so it got the two and a half stars because I did see, you know, some of the things that, you know, the forgiveness factor and, you know, things like that. So I think it kind of ended in in a certain manner. And you know, so they're 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 the two stars. I say go see it. I, I say go see it. And I'm with Shantice and Ainsley. You know, trust me when I tell you that in comparison to some movies, you get that this get five stars in comparison. Shantice and I cannot look at TV because on a Sabbath night, if 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 the credits come up smudgy. It, it, it don't get no further. It's <laughs> questionable. I cannot watch this movie. So you know we don't get very far in here on a Sabbath movie, um, but I, I would say go. It, it, it's 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 worth it. You know for what you gain from it with the, with the with the big flub with the gun thing. They 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 really needed to have left that out. I would have rather seen the hillbillies shoot them. <laughs> That would have that would have been that would have you could sell that a lot easier because everybody had their hand on the on their triggers, you know the thing on the trigger. So that would have easily been sellable. So right, you right. know, uh, you know, let's do that. But thank you so much, my due time crew, for our reviews on this movie, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You Thank you. You too. Watch out for those flies. You take care. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, let's get that benediction going. Let's see. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father to him, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's Revelation 1. Five and six. Uh, you know, we are. You know, I, I want to go to the God of, of second chances, and I want to, you know, say I, I, that's just a term. I think it's disrespectful to God. I think, you know, we can definitely. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how old you are. You know that God is is more than a God of second chances. And I think we need to acknowledge that God is a God of second chances. And, and let's take the movie, um, 
you know, angle. You have Silk, who is coming back consistently asking to be covered in prayer. So clearly, a God of, of, of more than, than, than second chances. You have Pastor Malcolm, who has now been forgiven for, you know, his indiscretions, uh, despite, you know, the way the church feels initially. You know, the, the congregation, rather, has, you know, given him another chance only because God has put that on their heart. You're talking about the, the girl who was so frustrated with the father that she tried to smother him at one point. Well, clearly God has given her many a chance. The, the father who, <clears throat> excuse me, who has this triple bypass, but he's been beating on the mother for decades, you know, clearly a God of, of more than two chances. You have the mother who the father has been abusing her but has not killed her yet. <laughs> um, clearly a God of second chances. The widower who is now being introduced to someone else who could possibly move his life going forward and you have a decent relationship. Clearly a God of, of more than second chances. You know, so this this whole story shows that there's a God of, of, of more than two chances. You know, we have to be concerned about what we do with the money that we give and how we apply it into God's church. You know, if, if you are using, if this money comes from you killing people slowly, the community is being torn down by your activity, you know, we, that's something that we have to think about, unfortunately. We can't, you know, again, it is ill-gotten gain. We can't now take what's killed the community and now use it to benefit the community. It's either clean or it's not clean. And we can't wash it with prayer. <laughs> you know, so if if God wants you to have this camp and uh, organ, God will definitely send the funds and send the blessing for you to have it. So come on, let's do things God's way, the right way, and make sure that our hands are always clean you've been listening to it's due time with pastor steph join us monday through friday from 7 a.m to 9 a.m where we discuss matters of the heart mind and spirit as you go through your day be sure to set your mind on things that are above not things that are on the earth they will only serve as a distraction remember prayer changes things it's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for coming through and giving my two cents. Please, please, please don't miss this opportunity to give your life to Christ right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to us. If you watch that movie, you'll see. Thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Until tomorrow, God spins. Where is Wow Wednesday? I love you.
Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.